Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the February 7th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsport program on the internet. This is episode 153 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be talking a bit about the Monkey in Every Racer's Room sponsorship. We'll also be chatting with Lonnie Unser and discussing the GRC Europe with their CEO. We also have a special guest this evening, Adam Carolla, will be on the program. So be sure to listen in and find out more. Also, we will, as always, discuss whatever other motorsports news pops into the conversation. Our first guest tonight is Lonnie Unser. Lonnie Unser recently competed in the Mazda Road to 24 shootout for a chance to earn a $100,000 scholarship to the 2019 Battery Tender Global Mazda MX-5 Cup presented by BF Goodrich Fires. The developing driver was initially among a dozen competitors invited to submit a written and video proposal to the Mazda Road to 24 program. She is among four candidates shortlisted to attend the shootout, the final stage of the selection process. With a background in line, fighting, in line finding sports, including ski racing, Unser starred racing cars in 2017 and has shown promise in NASA Rocky Mountain Spec Miata competition. She is now ready to step up to the Global Mazda MX-5 Cup. The young driver carries her family name to a new generation of fans. Her grandfather was Jerry Unser, the, famous, the first of the famous Unser's race in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. From then on, the Unser family has won the procedures Indianapolis 509 times and become known as the first family of American auto racing. Currently studying environmental design at the University of Colorado Boulder, Unser maintains a strong GPA while balancing the demands of her motorsport schedule. Her racing career is made possible through partnerships with companies that are supporting her early development, including Cooper Tire, Tritec Seals, and Amsoil. We are standing by for Lonnie to call in this evening. Could be a minute or two. But as we're standing by, I just wanted to let you know that we do have two amazing interviews that I have recorded this evening. One from this morning, where I talked to Adam Carolla at about a little after 11 o'clock. He is at the at an auto show, I believe it's the Chicago Auto Show this week. So he'll be, he was discussing a little bit about his, uh, his involvement with Castrol Edge Motor Oil. So that's pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. Also talked with the CEO of, of the GRC Europe Series. Talked to him later this afternoon, which, is, which was at a little after 10 p.m. local time there in Vienna, Austria. So that's pretty awesome that we got to talk to him this afternoon. He had a lot of interesting things to say about the global rallycross, including the changes that he himself is making to the series there in Europe and the changes that he hopes to make here in the United States in the next year or so. So both of those are amazing, amazing things, and we're looking forward to bringing those to you as well. We are now happy to bring Lonnie Unser to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Pretty well. Thank you very much for coming on. First off, we'll ask you a little bit about the Mazda Road to 24 shootout. How did the race go, and how did you enjoy the uh, the competition level there? It was an absolutely amazing experience. Uh, it was such a cool thing to be a part of. Unfortunately, I didn't come away with the win, but uh, the guy who did, it was actually his second time, so I felt I feel confident with that, that there's still a lot of opportunity out there. But there were so many amazing people I met and got to talk to and learn from, and it was such a cool experience. And what are your goals for the 2019 season? I am hoping to race in the Mazda MX-5 Cup, uh, currently, I am shooting for that and hoping I can end up doing that. I'll definitely be doing a couple of races with that. What's your favorite track to compete on? My absolute favorite track is the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course because you have a little bit of the oval and you have uh, the road course combined, which is so awesome, and the history there, especially with my family has just been, it was amazing to be able to compete there. And so far, what's been your most memorable racing moment? Oh, wow. My most memorable was uh, at 
Spec Miata NASA Nationals, and there were 60 Spec Miata drivers going all going for $75,000, and it was chaos. The, the first lap, there were no track limits, and I avoided so many near wrecks, and I it was one of those things where you finish that first lap, and you're like, how, I can't even believe I made it out alive. So that was really quite memorable, and it was awesome. Well, I'd like to throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally, who has a few questions for you as well. Yeah, sounds good. So my first question for you is how does e-racing compare to car racing? It's it's really similar. You know, all of the the whole competition aspect of it is huge and um just knowing that you're against the clock is is huge. Um, it's a little bit bigger in ski racing because you're just racing by yourself, uh, whereas car racing, you can tell where you are in relation to, in relationship to the others, which I personally really like. Uh, it also is, you know, line finding. And so I've been line finding since I was 10 years old. Wow. And you have a lot of family with racing background, but who is your favorite race car driver? Currently, my favorite race car driver, I just look up to her so much, is Catherine Legg. She has done amazing things with the IMSA WeatherTech series, uh, but growing up, you know, I used to I used to watch IndyCar a lot and still do, and so I'd watch Scott Dixon and Dario Franchitti, and I really looked up to those guys as well. So, Okay, so I have seen a lot of stuff on the Internet about how, like, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, the autocross, I think is what it is. But anyways, so they have been kind of making a big deal about um, having just a female class. Do you think, like, what is your opinion on, like, these series, trying to insert a female class? Like, what would your opinion be on something like that? So my main uh, thought with that has always been the car doesn't know who's in it, and it doesn't matter who you are as long as you can drive the car fast. So that being said, I mean, I would take any opportunity to get in a car, but also that being said, I think it's really cool. It's one of those unique sports where you can – be anybody and you can compete just at the same level as somebody else as long as you put in the work. All right. And so my final question for you, if you could own your own racetrack, would you? Huh? I don't know. Actually, I've never really thought about that. I think it would be pretty darn cool though, because you could get to use it whenever you want and, Unlimited practice, I guess, so that so it would be pretty cool. You mentioned that your your favorite track is Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. I know your family has a long and storied history at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Is your is your goal to actually end up becoming a an IndyCar driver sometime in the future? You know, it was something as a kid that I had always wanted. I thought that was that would be the coolest thing to follow in my family's footsteps. Um, so definitely it's still in uh, my line of sight. But I also uh, would think it would be really cool to be uh, prominently in sports cars as well. I will take any opportunity that I have uh, to get in a race car. So that being said, I kind of – my goals are spread out, but it's it would be to be at the top level of either of those uh, categories. Again, going along with the same same question my co-host just asked about the uh, the female class in in autocross. I know that in sports cars this year they have the Meyer Shank Racing has one of the one of their cars specifically geared towards towards women drivers. How do you feel about that? And would you be interested in opportunities such as that? Oh, yeah, I think it's so cool that uh, they put together a team of female drivers who uh, can go out there and compete 
at the highest levels, and um, it just goes to show how how we can be at the same level. And I am totally on board with a all female team. I think it's so cool. And any way I can get young girls in the car, I'm absolutely going to do it because there's not enough young women in this sport. And I love for more girls and women to get into the sport. And my final question for this evening is our, a little bit of our theme for the night is a sponsorship question. I know that they, there's been some changes in, in two major series uh, regarding sponsorship. Some, some teams have left. Some drivers have been forced to, to sit out races for the beginning of this season because they, didn't, they don't have the sponsors. How has your success been with sponsors? And, and how do you feel it would be the, uh, the situation could be improved with trying to find sponsors for, for motorsports drivers? You know, it's been a problem of for my whole family for generations and generations. It's just it's a it's one of the hardest parts about racing, and unfortunately, it's also one of the most important parts of racing. And so, for me, I've uh, just really been trying to network and talk to as many people as I can who are interested in me bringing value to them. Uh, I think that's the most important part is the driver being able to bring uh, their partners a great amount of value. Well, we thank you very much for your time this evening, and hopefully we can talk to you a little bit later in the year and get an idea of how your how your season is going. Yeah, thank you so much. It was great talking. Thanks, and have a great evening. You as well. Once again, that was Lonnie Unser of the storied Unser family, who recently competed in the Mazda Road to 24 shootout. She'll be competing in the Spec Miata series a little bit this season, as well as a few other races that she's not totally sure of for this year. So be sure to follow her on, on Facebook as well as on Twitter and see how your, her career goes. It should be great things. IndyCar has bolstered the commercial side of his business with an addition of two veteran industry executives, S.J.E. Ludke a Nike sports marketing executive for the past decade, has been hired as IndyCar's vice president of marketing. She will be responsible for advancing IndyCar's brand all across all channels, managing event and experiential assets, accelerating fan growth and engagement, and working with media partners to drive consumption and ratings. He joined Nike in 2010, rising to senior brand director of football. She developed and led integrated campaigns including Make Em Miss and Who You With, while partnering with leadership to extend the 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. She oversaw key athlete brands such as Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Russell Wilson, and Sean Barkley. Prior to working at Nike, Ludke spent 14 years working in multiple areas of motorsports marketing, including leading client services at Team Green and Andretti Green Racing and heading up to Goodyear's agency team, leveraging strategic partnership across NASCAR, NHRA, and off-road racing. Mike Zizzo has been retained by IndyCar as a communications consultant. Zizzo is an award-winning public relations executive with more than 22 years of experience in the motorsports industry, including managerial roles with two of North America's premier racing sanctioning bodies. Zizzo served as vice president of competition, public relations, for championship auto racing teams from 1996 to 2002, before joining NASCAR as the senior public relations manager with emphasis on competition from 2002 through 2005. He arrived at IndyCar from Texas Motor Speedway, where he spent the past 13 years as the vice president of communications and was a two-time recipient of NASCAR Speedway Public Relations Representative of the Year Award. On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person, guaranteeing your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. With the start of a new year comes new trend forecasting for the year ahead. And our next guest tonight is the perfect person to ask about that. Adam Carolla is a best-known comedian, actor, radio personality, television host, and New York Times best-selling author. He began his career on the nationally syndicated radio and television program Love Group. He's a co-creator and co-star in two hit Comedy Central shows, The Man Show, and Cranky Anchors. 
He currently hosts the Adam Carolla Show, which holds the Guinness Book of Records from downloaded podcasts. Today, we'll be speaking with the car enthusiast, comedian, and podcaster about this year's upcoming car trends and his love for car racing. Adam was recently featured in a new video short from motor oil maker Castrol Edge as part of their Live on the Edge series, which shares the stories of people from all around the world who have seized the opportunity to live an exhilarating life. And uh, 
there's something about a naturally aspirated twin overhead cam 3.5 injected motor that just spools up to probably 84, 8500 RPM, which is just amazing. And by the way, if you're going to spool your engine up that high, you got to put in the Castrol edge because it's full synthetic. And what car trend can we expect to see in 2019? Uh, I suspect uh, self-driving cars is going to be a big trend. I, I suspect safer cars. I suspect uh, cars that are um, more, they're probably lux luxury meets safety. And uh, I suspect uh, smaller engines smaller displacement, more turbocharging, more supercharging, less naturally aspirated, as they say, engines, and uh, smaller engines working harder. That's why you put in the Castrol Edge. You tell us a little bit more about the range starch play video you made with Castrol. Uh, I just got out in this uh, Audi R8 Quattro and uh, just drove the wheels off it in a deluge, a rainstorm, and uh, nothing better than driving in the rain. I've done a couple of car races in a pouring rainstorm, and it's just, it, it seems scary, but it's actually, it makes it even more fun because you're, you're closer to the edge all the time. And how does this reflect your everyday outlook and key to happiness? Um, my everyday outlook is whatever the opportunity is, pounce on it. And the keys to happiness is experience. You know, I think people think happiness is about going to an amusement park. Happiness is about, for me, it's about accomplishment. And get when you get out of that car and your adrenaline's pumping, your heart's beating and you're soaked with sweat and you just ran a great race, that's where the, that's where the accomplishment is. And also, with the, uh, with the current trend towards self-driving cars that you mentioned a few moments ago, how do you think that's going to affect motorsports in the future? You know, I suspect that there'll be more and more people just sort of napping in their car while it takes them to work, but there's also going to be a group that appreciates the visceral experience of, of driving a car, and it'll, it'll, it'll probably help motorsports, like, the softer kids get and the more cheese doodles they eat and the more video games they watch, the bigger the sport of mixed martial arts gets. Because there's going to be another segment that's going the other way. So I, I expect, and, and I have seen a rise in vintage motorsports. The events I used to do didn't have people in the, in the grandstands uh, a few years ago. Now the places are packed. I did the Ren Sport Porsche race at uh, Laguna Seca in Monterey three or four months ago. They had 100,000 people show up to that thing. So I think as the world, part of the world gets into self-driving cars, the other part of the world is going to uh, get into the exhilaration of driving manuals, vintage, uh, loud, noisy cars and that's why you need Castrol Edge, because uh, you need something in that crankcase, man. <laughs> and where can my, my audience go to get more information about your work with Castrol Edge and your, your Rain Starts Play video and all that? Uh, then go to Castrol USA YouTube page and watch that. And uh, you can also go to AdamCorolla.com, or you can just type in Adam Corolla races Trans Am or races Newman cars, and you can see all kinds of footage of me driving in all these vintage races. Well, thank you very much for your time today, and we look forward to seeing what the next step in your career is. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Once again, that was Adam Carolla. We're very happy to have him on this, the, the show today. The interview was brought to you, of course, by Castrol Edge. We'd like to thank Adam for his time and hope to chat with him again sometime in the future. J.R. Todd achieved a lifelong dream in 2018 by winning his first NHRA Miller Yellow Drag Racing Series World Championship. But after claiming the Fine Car World title, 
Todd is hard to contend, and the taste of his first taste of championship glory has only pushed him further ahead into the 2019 season in his 10,000-horsepower DHL Toyota Camry. The major goal is to try and become the first repeat champion in the class since John Forst did that in his first stretch of seven straight in 2002. But Todd knows well, work remains before that can become a possibility. The first step in that process starts at this weekend's annual iconic opener at Auto Club Raceway in Pomona. The tradition-rich 59th annual Lucas Oil NHRA Winter Nationals, presented by ProtectHarvest.com, where Todd will try to become just the fourth driver to win the event in both Top Fuel and Funny Car. Doug Coletta, Top Fuel, Matt Coletta, Top Fuel, Matt Pro Stock, for last year's winners of a race that will be televised on Fox Sports 1, FS1, including finals coverage beginning at 5 p.m. on Sunday, February 10th. It is the first of 24 events during the 2019 NHRA season, and Todd enters the weekend with plenty of momentum after winning the final two races of 2018 to claim the championship and then putting in a strong performance at last weekend's preseason testing. Todd put together an impressive run of 3.868 at 324.36 miles per hour in Phoenix, adding a number of strong runs during the test session. Todd took that as a sign that his team, led by crew chief John Over, Over and co-crew chief Todd Smith, made improvements in the offseason. Entering just his third season in Funny Car, Todd, who has 17 career wins, is eager to keep improving as a driver as well, something he, will, something he hopes will be evident throughout 2019. There's no room for let-up in the loaded funny car class. Includes a host of championship-caliber talent, like 2017 world champ Robert Height, Ron Caps, who won 2016, 16-time world champ John Force, and former world champions Jack Beckman, Matt Hagen, and Cruz Pendergon. But it's those top-flight challenges that Todd has always enjoyed taking on, and doing it at iconic tracks like Auto Club Raceway at Pomona makes it even more enjoyable. He closed out his 2018 with a win and a world title at the track. And he'd like to show, he'd love to start 2019 in winning fashion. Doug Kalita will try to win him top fuel for a second straight year to open the season, but he'll have to get past reigning world champion Steve Torrance, who won the final six races of 2018. Others to watch include 2017 world champ Britton Force, Antron Brown, Leah Pritchett, and Clay Milliken. Bo Butner's after a repeat Winter Nationals win, but it won't be easy for the 2017 world champion of Jade Coffin Jr., who finished second in points last year, Jason Leinhut's five-event wins, and Greg Anderson and Erica Enders. The event also will feature thrilling competition in the NHRA Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series, where future stars of the sport hone their skills. Those in attendance will also have the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to interact with some of the biggest names in drag racing during the NHRA Legends Tour. This includes meet-and-greets, autograph sessions, and a variety of other activities. As always, fans can interact with their favorite drivers as they're granted exclusive pit pass to the most powerful and sensory-filled motorsports attraction on the planet. This unique opportunity gives fans direct access to the teams, allowing them to see firsthand the highly skilled mechanics service their hot rods between rounds and get autographs from their favorite NHRA drivers. Fans also will want to visit NHRA's popular Nitro Alley in Manufacturers Midway, where sponsors and race vendors create a carnival atmosphere with interactive displays, simulated competitions, merchandise, food, and fun for the entire family. Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series qualifying will feature two rounds at 12 p.m. and 2.30 p.m. on February fi- Friday, February 8th, and the final two rounds of qualifying on Saturday, February 9th at 12 p.m. and 3.30 p.m. Final eliminations are scheduled for 11 a.m. on Sunday, February 10th. Tickets are still available for the race, so be sure to check out the website, the NHRA.com website, for more information. There's been a lot of developments in NHRA the past few weeks. Uh, The biggest one, well, the biggest one before the last one, of course, was the fact that Courtney Forrest announced her immediate retirement from the NHRA. Now, there's been rumors surrounding the fact that she might end up, she might actually be pregnant. Uh, she She did recently marry Graham Rahal. So, but you never know what the what the issue with that is. Um, I know that the it left John Force Racing in a little bit of a uh, of a tizzy there because they weren't sure how they were going to proceed. I know that now they're going to only have three of their four cars running because Courtney Force's car was taken over by her sister Brittany, and Courtney Force's car is going to be 
the other car that Brittany Force was racing is going to be sitting at least for the Pomona race uh, because they have a lack of sponsorship for that car, which hence our, our overwhelming theme for this evening, which is a little bit of sponsorship. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a continual thing. I know they're working rather hard to try and get a sponsor for the, the fourth car in the John Force Racing Stable, but it says quite a bit about the sport if John Force Racing can't get a sponsor for their fourth car. Now, how, what's your opinion of, the, of Courtney Force leaving? And don't forget, we do have another bit of news that also considers uh, sponsorship from the National Hot Rod Association as well. Um. Well, I didn't expect her to leave this soon, but is it one of those things where she's leaving because maybe she is pregnant, like you just said? Or, I don't know. It was just, like, really sudden. I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect her to leave this soon. But, I mean, look, her sister Ashley did it for a while, and then she left, so, I mean, I guess, moving on with their lives, I suppose, but I don't know. What's your opinion? Well, I don't know if there's, there could be some sort of tension as well, because I know that Robert Hyde is now the, now the president and CEO of John Force Racing as John Force has taken yet another step back away from the, from the corporate thing. He's never really been big into it. His wife was the, the driving force, pun intended a little bit there with force, driving force behind the team for a long time. But now his wife has taken another step back there. Um, so I don't know if there's some sort of issue there. I do know that there is, as I stated, there's a little bit of a sponsorship issue. And I think she might want to go out on top with her sponsors intact and let the team basically find, figure out the, the rest of it from there. But you never know, and it's all up to her and and, uh, and her husband, Graham, of course. And I know that she'll probably go on to bigger and better things, but she definitely left the team a little bit quicker than, than what they anticipated. So that'll be interesting. The next bit of news about the NHRA, also sponsorship-related, is the fact that uh, that Tony Schumacher will not be competing in Pomona this weekend, and he might not be competing the rest of the season. That's also related to sponsorship, as everybody probably knows by now. The Army has left the building, as it were. They're no longer sponsoring his team. They're not sponsoring any other teams in more sports at all right now. So... And with the fact that they lost the Army sponsorship, they don't have enough money to to run Top Fuel with Tony Schumacher. So that's kind of surprising to me because they knew that the Army sponsorship was leaving. They knew the Army sponsorship was leaving three years ago. And it's been they've kind of been forcing them a little bit of time to try and convince them to stay on and stay on and stay on. But they had plenty of time to get another sponsor for for Don Schumacher racing there and his, his son, Tony Schumacher, to continue competing. I also know that the fact that uh, that Papa John's has cut back on their sponsorship for the of Don Schumacher racing, with the fact that John Schneider is no longer involved in Papa John's, and uh, he was the big driving force behind, behind the sponsorship money going to them. They do still have a car, I believe, a, a limited sponsorship on Leah Pritchett's car uh, this season but it's not as big as it was before, and there's no Papa John stickers to go around all the cars on the team. How do you feel about Tony Schumacher not competing this weekend? What do you think the answer to that is? Well, a lot of people are like, why can't his dad pay for him? And it's like, Mm -hmm. because how do you think his dad, I mean, I'm sure he's, well off probably but it's like how do you think his dad was able to pay for it through sponsorship like so I don't know I think it just goes back to what we've talked about I mean for a couple episodes now that it's one of those things that we're going to start seeing more of because not everybody is well off right now you know like not everybody has the money to be sponsoring cars right now And, I mean, especially for the Army to be pulling out, like, you know, that really says something. But, like I said, it just goes back to what we've talked about, where the times are hard. And I truly hope he does find a sponsorship because he's he's good at what he does. But, you know, good luck. Yeah, I also think that in in part it has to do with the the changing demographic, the fact that the – what Adam Carolla touched on the team, but the fact that the – that the uh, that racing is changing, and people are, as he said, people are flocking to finish races. But as I I talked a little bit of discussion earlier today, I think the fact that people are going to finish races that 
if you look at the people at those vintage races, a lot of them are older than Adam Carolla. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the audience there is different. And if you can't bring in younger people to these races, which there's been a, a problem for a few years now about bringing younger people into the races, then sponsors are going to take a look at it and say, well, if you can't get the, the, uh, the golden 18 to 35 demographic people to show up to these races, it's not worth our money or time. To, to invest in people to come out and, and race. So that's a, a fundamental, a structural problem with motorsports right now. And, and as we've discussed in this program numerous times with all different people of all different hats, uh, professional racers, uh, team owners, uh, former world champions even, there's no simple answer to, to that issue. And people are trying all different things and they're working in certain places and they're not working in others. But what they have to figure out, what the, the entire sport has to figure out, is a way to bring people in to the racetrack, make it make it enjoyable, make it economical, and make it something that they want to go back to. And until they have, until they figure out that magic formula, there, there's going to be a lot more drivers who are sitting on the sidelines looking for a way in. So. It's definitely a problem. It's been a problem not only for for a professional series, but for, for semi-pro series. And it's a problem worldwide, not only in this country. So there's there's no real good answers. There's always a lot of questions. And what we try to do on this show is answer as many of those questions as we can. We also try to bring up many other questions for you to think about on your own. And hopefully we're doing a good job. With I think we are. <laughs> Moving on a little bit. MJP Promotions has launched GRC Europe, an all-European rallycross championship with lots of action, high-caliber competition, and affordable costs for teams and drivers. The spectacle of head-to-head racing is on short, mixed-surface tracks with 500-plus horsepower cars accelerating faster than the Formula 1 challengers, has enthralled fans from all over the globe so much, making rallycross the world's fastest-growing motorsport. For the debut season, MJP Promotions has also developed a brand-new rallycross car, the Pantera RX-6, which is faster than a supercar and that at much lower cost. Fifteen Pantera RX-6 cars will run in GRC Europe's GRC Titan Championship category, while teams can enter top drivers in the second category, the GRC Supercars. GRC Europe will host races in classic rallycross countries like England, Italy, Hungary, France, Germany, Austria, or Slovakia. The inaugural season will run from May to October 2019. All events will be televised live on Eurosport and streamed live on Eurosport Player. You can also find information on Facebook. That's a great, great uh, place to find information about the GRC series. You simply look for Global Rallycross Europe. And, uh, there's more than 150,000 fans on that page, and it's got lots of great information. We did have the pleasure this, e- this afternoon to talk to the CEO of GRC Europe, Max J. Pusher, and we're now going to bring you a little bit of that interview. Okay, first, can you tell us a little bit more about how GRC Europe was founded and what the series is all about? Oh, absolutely. Um... Uh, I've been uh, actively in rallycross now for a number of years. I'm uh, myself eight times a national and international champion in, in rallycross. And, uh, I, I started with my team to take part in the, in the World Championship in uh, 2015, and uh, we have been named uh, the best private team in 2017 in uh, result in, in our uh, activities. So. Um, I'm, I'm very much into this sport and I see how much it has been growing and how popular it has been 
little bit about the current situation in, in the United States here with the Rallycross. How do you feel about the but the collapse of the Red Bull Global Rallycross Series early last year and its replacement, America's Rallycross, only running at a very limited schedule this year. What do you think the future of Rallycross is in the United States? What's your opinion? Well, I do hope that the uh, American Rallycross organized by MTD will do well. Uh, suffering, obviously, a little bit from the lack of, of the very broad Rallycross driver scene. Uh, but there are enough drivers that would like to participate. But what I see is that it's really a little bit in, in the way you organize it to experience it. Um, so we intend, and we're working together with the original father of GSC, Tim Panko, to bring back the GSC race format into the United States in 2020. That's kind of the earliest we can manage, and we hope we can manage it. But um, it's definitely something that we see as the future of, of the whole courses that we run several different series in different uh, areas of like Europe and we do in Asia and we definitely want to bring it back into the United States and then run this, this grand finale, you know, where all the drivers from around the world come together and kind of uh, and kind of a race of champions, you know, select the, the best drivers we received information recently about Hayden Patton coming to the uh, GRC Europe Series. What do you think he'll bring to the table this year? Well, it, it, um, I've known him a little bit for, for a while. I've always admired you know, his, uh, his success and style. And he's been a great driver. And, uh, I, I, I called him and said, you know, um, if, if uh, you don't have anything else you know, that you're really focused on,
On February 17th, the stage will be set for racing's greatest day, the Daytona 500. A day that delivers four-wide excitement, legendary moments, and unforgettable finishes. A day that keeps you on the edge of your seat and that you'll remember forever. The greatest race awaits. Experience the thrill of the Daytona 500 in person. Guarantee your seats before they sell out at Daytona500.com. NASCAR recently announced several initiatives and procedural updates for the 2019 season, which officially opens this weekend at the Daytona National Speedway with an action-packed Sunday doubleheader. Daytona 500 Bush Pole Award qualifying at 12.10 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox and MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. And the Advanced Auto Parts Clash at Daytona, which happens at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports 1, MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Among the announcements made was NASCAR's plan to move its thorough post-race inspection to the racetrack immediately following each National Series race. If a vehicle fails post-race inspection, it will be disqualified, resulting in a last-place finish and the loss of all benefits from the win finish as well as any stage point. All other vehicles would move up in the finishing order under this scenario. NASCAR will inspect the first and second place vehicles, as well as a random vehicle, after each event. Previously, full post-race inspections took place at the NASCAR Research and Development Center in Concord, North Carolina. The disqualification procedure will be implemented for all three NASCAR National Series, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series. NASCAR also unveiled several other competition and personnel updates for 2019. 
O'Donnell announced that the Generation 7 car in the Monster Energy Series is scheduled to make its debut for the 2021 season and will be designed to feature new technologies and elements that showcase future production vehicles. The NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series will feature the Triple Truck Challenge this season, a bonus program that takes place at three consecutive races, Texas June 7th, Iowa June 15th, and Gateway June 22nd. All drivers earning series points are eligible, and drivers who win one of the three races receive a $50,000 bonus. Winning two races nets a driver $150,000, total $50,000 per race, plus a $50,000 bonus, while winning all three races results in a $500,000 total prize. $50,000 per race win, $50,000 bonus for winning twice, and plus a $300,000 bonus for sweeping the challenge races. Monster Energy Series and Xfinity Series drivers are not eligible to compete in the three races of the program. NASCAR has also implemented models of series-specific inspectors. Each national series will have a decade team of officials who will specialize in inspections for their respective garages. Qualifying procedures across all three national series remain the same for 2019, with the exception that the first round of group qualifying for short and intermediate tracks will be shortened to 10 minutes in length, previously 15. And the breaks between sessions will be five minutes long, previously seven. The National Series Driver Participation Guidelines remain mostly unchanged from 2018. Drivers with more than five years of full-time Monster Energy Cup Series experience are eligible for a maximum of seven NASCAR Xfinity Series starts and five NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series starts. Drivers who elect to accumulate Monster Energy Series points are not eligible to compete in any Dash for Cash or Triple Truck Challenge races, races or the final eight races in either the Xfinity Series or the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. In addition, drivers who earn points in the Xfinity Series are ineligible to compete in Triple Truck Challenge races and the championship race for the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Ben Kennedy has been elevated to Managing Director of Racing Operations and International Development. He previously served as general manager of the Gander Outdoor Truck Series. His new responsibilities will include initiatives aimed at growing the sport, including managing NASCAR's growth on the international scene. NASCAR introduced the assistant director for each series, Chip Chip Childress, Monster Energy Series, Seth Kramlick, Xfinity Series, and Jesse Delavo, Gander Outdoor Truck Series. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Manali or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Daytona International Speedway has a stellar lineup of activities for the first half of Daytona Speed Weeks, presented by Advent Health in a fan-friendly buildup for the 61st annual Daytona 500 on Sunday, February 17th. Daytona Speed Weeks presented by Advent Health brings two weeks of stock car competition to the World Center of Racing. On-track action starts on Saturday, February 9th with the Lucas Oil 200 driven by General Tire, the season opening race for the ARCA Racing Series presented by Menards. On February 10th, a premium afternoon doubleheader will pair the event's auto parts clash, the annual star-studded non-points event for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the Daytona 500 qualifying presented by Kroger. <coughs> following, the, excuse me, following the Lucas Oil 200 driven by General Tire on February 9th at 6.30 p.m., the event's auto parts clash. Draw a party will take place at the UNOH Fan Zone with crew chiefs involved in the race joined by USAC, 25 quarter midget series competitors in the drawing and starting positions. Between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., 2018 Daytona 500 champion Austin Dillon, 2018 Coke Zero Sugar 400 champion Eric Jones, Daniel Heimrich, Corey LaJoy, Matt Tift, Landon Castle, and Matt DeBenedetto will participate in a question and answer session and selfie station with guests. The event is free to any ticket holder. Complementing the Advanced Auto Parts Clash, Daytona 500 qualifying presented by Kroger Doubleheader, will be the first Daytona Beer Festival held in the Speedway's Midway Suites from 12 to 3 p.m. The festival will span multiple Speedway Suites with fans able to choose from more than 70 brands of beer. Tickets for the Daytona Beer Festival are $52 and include a beer passport, allowing guests to sample 10 of the 70-plus brands, a general admission ticket to both the Daytona 500 qualifying session and the Clash. In addition, all-day beer festival tickets holders will receive a collectible Daytona International Speedway Vineyard Beer Bug and Lanyard. Tickets to the Daytona 500 Beer Festival must be purchased in advance. 
Several other special events will complete the week one lineup. Ormond Beach Residential Caleb Lee will perform a concert in One Day Daytona's or One Daytona's Victory Circle on Thursday night, February seventh. Lee was a recent contestant on NBC's The Voice. Other activities on Thursday at One Daytona include a performance by the Seabreeze High School Drumline and NASCAR haulers on display. The USAC 25 Midget Series returns for a second year on February 7th through the 10th, with the season opening event taking place on a .20 mile oval constructed in the DISN field. The popular Daytona Beach Half Marathon on February 9th through the 10th. For more information, visit www.daytonabeachhalf.com. Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series drivers Jimmy Johnson and Castle will be among the com- among the competitors. The Vance Alports Clash will feature, feature Bush Pole Award winners from the 2018 Monster Energy Series season. Past Clash champions, past Daytona 500 champions, and pole winners completed full-time in 2018, and drivers are qualified for the 2018 Monster Energy Series playoffs. Daytona 500 qualifying, presented by Kroger, will establish the top two starting spots for the Daytona 500, in addition to setting the grids for the Gander RV Duel at Daytona. Two 150-mile races on Thursday, February 14th, that determine the Daytona 500 field beyond the front row. Tickets for the Lucas Oil, the Lucas Oil. Tickets for the Advanced Auto Ports Flash. Daytona 500 qualifying presented by Kroger, the Lucas Oil 200, driven by General Tire, the Daytona Breer Festival, and the 61st Annual Daytona 500, as well as other Daytona National Speedway events, can be purchased online at www.daytonainternationalspeedway.com or by calling 1-800-PITCH-TOP. Fans can also stay connected with Daytona National Speedway on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, and Snapchat, and by downloading Daytona National Speedway's mobile app for latest Speedway news throughout the season. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We've been trying to keep up with our, our racing coverage at the Racing News section of SpeedwayDigest.com, and have posted numerous stories in the past few weeks, so be sure to check those out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out our latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which we found by visiting palmbeach.happingmag.com. We currently have a lot of Valentine's Day information on the site, uh, so be sure to check out the Valentine's Day listing for Valentine's Day events in the Palm Beaches. We also have a contest going on for people who are interested in uh, in spending a, a nice day out on the town. Uh, so check that out as well. That's also in the Valentine's Day events in the Palm Beaches little story, which is posted up on the top of the page. Be sure to check that. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again two weeks from now in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Hopefully you have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, exactly. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day, one of those sort of holiday things. And, uh, and we'll see you again on the 21st. Thanks again, and have a great night. <laughs>